0: You grabbed the uh, you grabbed the buck the buck's horns yeah <laughs> and the horns just went uh, literally underneath my scrotum on the one side and on the other side uh, and it looked like WWF wrestling I was pinned down on the ground holding the horns I with an knife and leave the horns I'm gonna you deal. said
1: your scrotum right
0: yeah that's it that's it they yeah. went through it almost just just Ooh. underneath it through the femoral artery on the, on the, on the oh, one yeah. side so absolutely the, so. I, I, I knew if I let these horns go, I, I, I'm in a sticky situation.
1: This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Dog, get that bird. Get that bird here. the original podcast for the complete houndsman Yeah, so how many, day, how many days a week can you spend on As much as I can, to be honest with you. Any time that I get, I'm, I'm out there. Join us for every heart-pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll
0: tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, everybody. I'm just... Uh... As I get out and I travel around and always meeting new people, I had the great opportunity to meet this gentleman um, and we He saw my logo on my shirt, and we started talking about dogs and hounds and and uh one of my favorite topics, as you all know, is the yog terrier and uh found out that that we share some passions, and I'm really excited to. Talk to Dreis Van Coller about his experience with Bavarian hounds and York Terriers in environments that I've never hunted in and we're going to dive deep back into some of the history and German hunting, European hunting. So, Dreis, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you very, very much, Chris. I appreciate it. And like I said, it's a shared passion, uh, and it was, uh, I don't believe in coincidence, it was a reason why we met up, and it was great to see, uh, especially, you know, I've been attending his conventions for for many years, and it's the first time I've actually seen someone actually walking around with with, with some hunting dogs, you know, of various breeds. (laughs) So, it was great and um yeah it, it, it's a very very close subject to my heart it's it's been part of who we are, and it's, it's important so you know it's a big 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 passion
1: yeah so so why don't you just start we'll just start off by telling the audience uh, our listeners where you're from and and uh, what you do for a living and and how you use your Bavarians and your yogs currently and and just kind of lay this out kind of draw a picture for our listeners. Okay, well,
0: uh, I'm South African-born, um, from German and Dutch descent, mm-hmm. and uh, s- s- strangely enough, uh, all South Africans, you know, hunting plays a big part of our life. As such, uh, the outdoors. If you if you're not hunting, you're fishing, and unfortunately, for for, for many years, uh, being a hunter. Um, there was just something that had been lacking. And if we look at our our hunting culture um, from the South African side, dogs never played such a big role. But Mm -hmm. with with my European side, uh, it's always been there. And I could never hunt without a dog. And it was just something, and then as we spoke yesterday, the saying goes that, uh, you know, hunting is not hunting if you're not hunting with your dog. Uh, (laughs) And it's... um, being a professional hunter or a professional hunting guide, uh, for the last 28 years, it's played a significant role, uh, in my life and, you know, my career has progressed not only being uh, from a professional hunting guide, but to the president of the Professional Hunters Association of South Africa and then moving on in, into various areas. Uh, we saw the, the big need is, is, is to educate people, you know. Um, firstly, we've got a responsibility uh, out of respect for the animal we hunt. Uh, as we discussed yesterday, I think traditions play a magnificently big, important role uh, in what we do. Mm-hmm. Especially in today's culture where people don't really want to understand or uh, have some apprehension to, to hunting. Um, what is our, our, our primary function? Is not to let an animal suffer. Right. You know, and and this is where we see, especially with my dogs, is my responsibility is to try and to get to that animal if it is wounded as quickly as possible, uh, and make sure that you know that it is, is put down in a in a manner that it, it doesn't really suffer. It's a, it's always a challenging environment that you're dealing with, you know. And um, from a South African point of view, is everybody has got hunting dogs or so-called hunting dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, each guy's dog is the best. And, uh, Same way here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, 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 the big challenge was, I don't think people understand the difference between uh, a cold scent dog and, you know, something that works on the adrenaline and, and the spur of the moment. Um, you know, a little Jack Russell's great. Uh, you know, and, and when I looked at the way we had been hunting in South Africa, I said, guys, there's something missing here. Um, you know what do you
1: think what What do you think you think there was something missing in South Africa yes yes most,
0: most definitely in, in, in the hunting culture and the way we were using dogs okay you know and, and, and it, it's, it's like, like I said this has been a drive for me for the uh, I, I go like I said 28 years ago, I, I was introduced into B- the Bavarian mountain scent hounds. Right. You know, and the Bayerische Bach And there were various dogs that have uh, appealed to me. And the way that I travel, and, and where I've been, and where I've hunted, I've seen various dogs and dog handlers and uh, individuals using their dogs and they're great dogs and they perform their functions
1: i always i always said when i was a professional handler i used to tell people that uh, i'm just a dummy on the end of the leash i'm the weak link in this team
0: well that is and that's exactly what we spoke about you know if you're a pilot of a plane you've got to trust your instruments Mm-hmm. And the, this is the thing is what I found a lot of people don't understand when when you've got your dog you've got to have that faith and that trust uh, exactly
1: That's the hardest thing for a handler is to trust the dog because we're so, we've been told our whole lives that we're the top of the food chain okay. we're the we're the superior being, and until a handler can accept the fact that that dog can do things that he will never do, never be able to do. How to read his dog, and we can get into all that. There, you've, you've got to trust your dog. That's the hardest thing for a handler to do is to learn to trust their dog. And
0: this is, I think, where especially uh, the younger generation, like I said, unfortunately, we, we're all getting older, and I see the younger generation coming in, and you know, he'll he'll come to me and he'll, he'll want to get a dog, and then he'll come back, but the dog's not doing this, or the dog's not doing that, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe. It, It's not the dog, it's the handler. You know, handlers often need more education and understanding uh, and building up that trust relationship and understanding your dog, learning to interpret your dog. Uh, Each dog has got a different personality. Uh, I deal deal with multiple dogs, and I can't treat one the same as the other. And there are certain basic principles that I can apply. However, I've got to learn to read my dog uh, in a scenario and this is the relationship over years and that's why you become so attached to them
1: you know one of the, one of the things that i've seen said so many times i've i've heard it said i've seen it written um that only 8 out of 10 or only 2 out of 8 out of 10 dogs just don't make it they you know i've seen houndsmen say you know breeding is a is a uh crap shoot and, and you've just got to accept that eight out of 10 of the dogs won't make make a hound. Um, and then when I hear you talk about trusting a dog and you say that you think most of the time it is the handler, we look at that dog and we don't, sometimes we don't consider the genetic instincts that that dog brings to the table. He doesn't have to be trained to follow scent. Um Most of the time. It's the things that we're doing as handlers that are preventing him from doing his job. Condition responses.
0: You you touch on a very big thing. You know, often, and and, and I think we'll touch on a little bit of the breeding issues and uh, the show dogs versus the working dogs. Yes, there's certain things when people come, you know, and they're looking for a specific dog with a, a prey drive, a very high prey drive or something like that. But dogs are also like people. You get slow developers and you get fast developers. And this is the thing is to try and understand your dog. Um, If he's a slow developer, you know, he's going to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. He might not be, but he's got other skills. I've seen a dog that that I took and nobody wanted. It's turned out to be one of my, my better dogs exactly because of understanding, working with him and not putting him under the pressure with that expectation. The unfortunate thing is that we do. In your life, you've got one dog that was that best dog. And every dog they're after, <laughs> you compare your dogs to that dog.
1: We call it the, the measuring stick. That's it. That's it. Yeah, the measuring yeah. stick. Everything you do, <laughs> then, and then I know certain people though that th- I know some people, and I've considered these people the most developed dog men, houndsmen. They don't. They don't ever. lament over that one great dog that they had. They, they take every dog that they have, they look at the experiences they have, and, and then they evaluate each dog based on its own merits. You know, they take all of this knowledge that they've learned along the way and they continue to develop great dogs in their own right. Exactly. And uh, I, I think the, the, the important the thing Houndsman is every dog is fueled by
0: joy mm-hmm. dog is Every dog has got certain skills Joy Dog Food has, has, dog food has a
1: rich tradition of supporting got to the build Houndsman up that relationship America to understand what are those skills that makes that dog different. Joy is proud um, of its history and
0: I, the relationship I don't call it has I call built with the developmental Housman. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in 76 years, there's never been a recall. But with can learn that because American made high I, I think a lot of people Joy start, of uh, especially what i've seen is with an expectation yes we all start our dogs For pretty early made uh, in you know, america months, product we've got has an kept expectation dogs in the field but day
1: after day what season after season we are season. seeing
0: is and about when four we say years made old, in america joy has a long to its full track record, record of fighting for uh, american freedoms uh, be, by being got on to the front understand lines you got to the understand animal rights the science. movement and their extremist uh, i stand the times. of time you know uh, hounds and your uh, for your five The way freedoms, I, I operate my dog as and i've got skilled trackers as well you know that'll stay on the animal's track so we're working on the scent and they're working on the physical track and you 'd be divergent you know. they 'd be off on one side and you 'd be uh, with the dog, and they think you 're crazy right and then all of a sudden you know I just call and say here 's the animal and it just didn 't make sense. you know all logic and all the signs are showing it was doing this uh, and, and that 's the relationship that you 've built up with experience with time uh, and understanding. Um, some dogs are just chilled. some some dogs unfortunately they are, and I think sure. this is where uh, a lot of the, and this is why I, I have this apprehension uh, of, of, of trying to crossbreed for certain traits or, or certain type of things. You never know you what cross, you're going to
1: get. When you talk about crossbreeding, you're talking about crossbreeding from like the Bavarian into another breed of dog? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes, yes. Just so we understand.
0: And so <clears throat> it, it, it's, 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 it's always a, a, a topic, like I said, I think everybody's striving to get that top
1: dog. Sure, uh, you know the ultimate breed. And None so, of us want to turn loose a worthless dog. You know exactly and <laughs> with a worthless dog,
0: <laughs> because you know at the, the end of the day we, we, we've got a thing on like, ego. You know <laughs> we, we we don't want to be we, we sit, sitting around the fire at night and said you know oh, that mutt of yours was running around and doing absolutely nothing. You know because it's, it's embarrassing, uh, and the, the, this is the thing is you also end up getting a reputation of uh, you know your dogs can't work if you're in this for the money. Uh, and then that's where it also becomes a challenge. Sure. Is I, I believe in working dogs, and my dogs go to homes where I know they will be worked for what they were bred for. Mm-hmm. And each dog has a purpose. Now, this is where the big challenge comes. Is a lot of people don't understand the breed. Uh, they don't understand w- what it's about. And then all of a sudden it becomes a bad dog. You're,
1: yeah, I want to get into that because we had a good conversation yeah. about that uh, the other day. Let's let's talk about uh, you know what the when you do a dog deployment when you go out to utilize your dogs lay that out for us lay out for us where it's at let's talk about climate let's talk about the game species and then when you're actually on the track and you've got your professional trackers out there with you how you work as a team that's that's
0: and this is uh, the, the The word used, "their team," is exactly that, and a team is as only as strong as its weakest link. Now, uh, people have also got the false impression that dogs will have hundred percent success rate. It's, it's you're going to have off days. There, 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 there are certain things. If, we, if you mentioned climate, firstly, we have got to look at the conditions that we 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 are dealing in. Right. Is certain dogs can handle temperature. Um, here in the US and in Europe you don't have the extreme temperatures like we have back home um, some days we do have I mean you know uh, in 36 to 40 degrees centigrade so over 100 Fahrenheit um, and it has an effect on the dog mm-hmm. the dog does get, get tired uh, wind conditions So, there's a lot of other things. And then the complexity that you have is the variety of animals that we are dealing with. You know, it's not just a white tail or some boars. Right. In most of the areas we're hunting, we have multiple species. Um, You know, you could have 30 different species, 15 different species of antelope, large herds of antelope. And -hmm. that dog has got to be able to identify, uh, you know, you go through an area is he on the track of that wounded animal or is he on the track of another animal uh, of the same species And
1: so so this is where the teamwork interpretation starts I, I, are, are you training are you training a dog to track blood spore or are you tracking them to train body scent are you tracking them to read glandular glandular odor or is it a combination it, of everything it,
0: it, 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 it has to be a combination of everything <laughs> but one of the, the the biggest things is that we, we as humans we want to see the physical evidence. Mm-hmm. So we want to see the blood. you know, And all of a sudden, you're on the blood track here, but the dog is veering off to one side. And you don't understand why, but you know, this is where the track is. Why is he not saying? We don't understand that that smell of that blood has shifted. You know, The wind direction has caused it to move off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's working on that scent. People also understand that the glandular uh, scent, and that's why these Bavarians that I'm dealing with are cold scent hounds. And it's more focused on the smell that's caused from the crushing of the leaves and the uh, the grass and the smell that uh, is, is left by the physical print mm-hmm. and not necessarily blood, but it will pick up the blood as well. So as a team, and that's why I said uh, it makes me a lot more successful, I keep my trackers on the blood track. So they're following the blood track and the spoor of the animal and I'm working on the scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why at, at the end of the day, on the scent, we normally end up finding the animal long before the trackers get there, so it 's a team effort, uh, but once again, like I said, is you 've got to know how to work your dog uh, it doesn 't help me taking me one of my younger professional hunters and giving my dog to him he 's not going to understand you know the dog 's reaction uh, there 's certain signs that uh, certain way of barking. I know he's he's baited an animal up. If he starts barking in a certain way, I know he's, he's sighted the animal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so, so you've got to learn to inter, inter, interpret those things, uh, and then the, the the big decision is: there are you working on a, on on your lead, or, or are you letting him run free? Right. You know, and this is where we spoke about the terrier uh, and then the Bavarian, where the differences start coming in. You know, <laughs> what was the dog bred for? Right. Um, and so, I, I think firstly. Your personality, you know, we always have this little joke, a dog will always look like its owner. <laughs> and, that, and that's a personal choice at the end of the day. I, I, Bavarians are softer dogs. Uh, you can't compare them to to, to the Jachteria. Uh And what was the purpose of the Jagdteria? What was the purpose of the Bavarian mountain scent hound? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly, it's a scent hound. You know, it, it, it's not there to chase the animal down. Uh, it, it's not there to, to, to catch the animal, uh, It's there to perform a function on the scent, and I think this is often people get a dog, uh, and everything is called a hunting dog. Right. But have you applied your mind? Have you actually researched what? Why was it bred? And this is when we start getting to this breeding issue is why do I want to change it if the breed has been established since 1906 or 1912 uh, or, or, you know, people have done the research and they found the it a recipe that works for their conditions. Right? Yes, our conditions in Africa are different. Um, dogs that you've got here in the U.S. that we don't have back home, Catahoulas, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it would be a phenomenal dog back home, but nobody's tried it. You know, will they perform the same way uh, uh, there as, 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 as they do here? And I think that is the thing. Is Firstly, you as an individual deciding is if I find pleasure in the dog and I can have a relationship with my dog, uh, he's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And if I enjoy what I'm doing, we're going to work together as a phenomenal team. And I think these are the type of things uh, – Bavarians are one of those. They're not kennel dogs, you know. And, and, and often I see uh, a lot of people. You know, they work their dogs. They get back in the afternoon, They put the dog in the kennel, uh, and that's the relationship. A Bavarian wants to be with you. He wants to be with you now. So he's part of your family, uh, and it, it, it can be be difficult. They do have separation anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a dog that needs a lot of attention. Um, it doesn't trust very easily. So if there is a foreigner or something, it takes a while for him to build up that trust. But once he's got it, it's a phenomenal dog. So once again, you need to understand the breed, why it was bred, and what is its
1: purpose. Let's just look at those two breeds, and we'll talk about that for just a a few minutes here. Uh, The Bavarian Mountain Hound. Okay, so you talked about what was his bred purpose. You know, obviously, uh, we would say that I'm wanting to, to chase mountain lions, hunt mountain lions like we do with our scent hounds in the United States. And I started looking into the Bavarian mountain hound because it just seems called a scent hound. Yeah, that's you it. You know, uh, there's all kinds of hounds out there, but but what types of traits are there that appeal to you for recovering wounded game and would they work for... I'm not trying to put a square peg in a round hole here, but, but are they suitable for, for free cast hunting and, and chasing lions or a black bear? Yeah.
0: Primarily, the dog was never bred to run freely. You know, mm-hmm. there are people that do that. It is a light that was meant to be worked off a lead. You know, it's a scent hound, it's exactly that looking for wounded game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a different function. If you're comparing it to to the walkers and 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 and, and all the, it, it, it's totally different functions, right? Uh, you know, and I think this is what people need to understand. It, it, it its primary function was to look for that wounded animal, mm-hmm. uh, and you know to to go out and to use it to chase other animals down.
1: What did they use them for in uh, back well, in the old country? Well,
0: well if you ever look at is the Bavarian Mountain Hound, uh, is a smaller version. I can't do it. Just- the Hanoverian is a similar dog, mm-hmm. but it's a heavier built uh, in a terrain that was flat um, and not as mountainous as the Alps. And the moment when you start getting into Bavaria, uh, you start getting to the Alps, you start getting into serious mountain areas, uh, you need an agile, fast dog that... Look at the animals that are being hunted. Uh, the chamois, um, some wild boar, mm-hmm. you know, often uh, the little ray buck. So the, the, those were the animals, they're fast, they're agile, they up in the mountains. So you needed a lighter, faster dog that could take the tracks. Mm-hmm. It wasn't designed to go and catch uh, where the, uh, the Hanoverians is a stronger, bigger dog had, you know on, on red deer and that type of stuff. They, they, they were used there. So you, for me personally, the reason why I started looking at uh, various dogs, I travel a lot. So, from uh, having a big dog with me would be difficult. If you're driving around in the vehicle the whole time, you're in different <laughs> areas. Uh, and it just, you know, we don't have the facilities like you guys have got here. Uh, dogs in our country, I mean, you can't stay in a hotel with a dog and things like that. So, it, it, it makes it very difficult. Uh, but the biggest thing for me is the agility of them and they're extremely intelligent mm-hmm. you know I've worked with many dogs and at a point also like I said I don't want my dog to be injured uh, and, w- and when it is getting into a wounded animal that you don't want it to fight the animal now this is where the yacht would be different right? You know, so, right. Uh, so th- that's a personal decision that you've got to make at the end of the day is how do I want to handle my dog what do I want to achieve for me I want to keep my guest happy and making sure he's going home With the animal that he came to hunt. And the chances of me finding his animal with my dog are just 300, 400% increased uh, by having that there. My trackers are reliable, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things they don't have the skills or the scent or the. just instinct that, that the dogs have got. Right Now, yes, there's other dogs that can do it when the, the trail's warm, but what happens after a day or two um and you've got a, a gut shot animal out there and everybody else has given up, mm-hmm. you know? There's nothing worse than looking at a hunter and he, he he's down, he's depressed, he's lost his animal. So there, there, there's more. These animals can bring hope uh, and you can go out and at least put it on a cold scent and start working it and there's a high chance that you'll pick it up, which another other dog might not be interested in.
1: Getting back to the the physical traits, I, I just when I do these interviews and I start thinking about it, I try to come up with with pictures in my mind or word pictures to describe. You know, it's like American football, and um, you don't recruit a wide receiver. That weighs three hundred and twenty-five pounds. Yeah. You know, you yeah. want something small and agile and quick, and good hands. And you don't recruit a hundred and eighty-pound person to play defensive line okay. for you. You know, everybody's got their job exactly. and everybody's got their purpose. So, yeah. as the coach of this team, we we try to find people with the attributes. To, to fill those roles, and we should be doing the same thing as houndsmen.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I, th- I think is each dog is fit for purpose. A lot of people don't do their research beforehand. Um, <coughs> the Hanoverian, yes, it can be a pet, but mm-hmm. it was never bred to be a pet. The Bavarian, the same thing. It was never bred to be a pet. It's a working dog. Mm-hmm. I mean they need two hours of exercise at least a day, right so you know if, if you 're living in a small apartment i think it 's not going to make sense you 're not doing the dog justice, it becomes destructive the dog gets a bad name the, the breed gets a bad name sure you know and that 's exactly what we're talking about Fits so while purpose. they
1: need to be with you they they because you said something you said they get separation anxiety exactly. so they're not good kennel dogs but at the same time that doesn't mean that you can lay on the couch with them for for 12 hours a day if you're lazy your dog's going to have problems exactly. exactly so i I think that's true with with all our dogs with all our hounds you know if i, if I choose to to lay around and if i'm lazy then my dogs are going to suffer yeah. and um what else about the Bavarian we need to know?
0: Well, uh, you, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is it, it's an unknown breed. Uh, if I, if I, I was just doing a little bit of research trying to see in the U.S. Uh, how many Bavarians are there, how many bavarian That's probably the, a
1: good thing you know, for the Bavarian <laughs> hound.
0: For, for if, if we have a look at, at where it came from, uh, strangely enough, uh, the American Kennel Union does recognize the breed, which is a good thing, and there's a breed standard. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a very sensitive topic in Germany, is owning a Bavarian. It's not the privilege for everybody to get it. There's a very strict criteria to get a Bavarian at the end of the day. You've got to be a professional hunter. You've got to have certain criteria that goes with it. And you've got to make the commitment. We're trying to look after the breed and what it was bred for. So, the breed standard, uh, you want that strong scenting ability. Mm -hmm. You want that working ability. You don't want to lose that. Right. And I think, so so the breed standards are very, very important. Uh, And if I I look at a lot of the stuff, uh, I see straight away, I can look at a dog and I can say, you know, there's something that's not right about that dog. Uh, It's not bred or... It's not lacking. It could be a good dog, but is it the true Bavarian up to the standards? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things is the working ability is superseding the showing ability. You know, there's a lot of dog shows and I, I, I see people enter the dogs and the, the dog's the top champion and, and that with obedience and things like that. But can the dog work? Right. And I think that's the primary focus. What is the dog bred for? Does it meet the breed standard? Uh, and the breed standard is there for a reason. You know, and I think this is what a lot of people don't understand. Why do I want to change that breed standard? Uh, th- th- there's a lot of other dogs I could use then. But it, I chose Bavarians because, firstly, the tradition that goes about it. The mm-hmm. amount of time and effort and years that people have spent to try and get a dog's fit for purpose. And it's the same with a lot of these breeds. Uh, we, we, we look at, you know, all over the world. There's, there's a lot of, you know, uh, even in Africa, mixed breeds that are wonderful hunting dogs. But are, are they really hounds? Um, and I'm a, I'm a traditionalist and a purist in a sense. I like the tradition that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I like the hunting heritage that goes with it. As I said, hunting with my dog gives me pleasure. That's hunting. Sure. And that's the tradition that comes with it. Here I'm hunting with a traditional German dog in a manner that you know, there's respect, there's uh, reverence for each other, uh, you're appreciating nature, you're sharing things. So it's not just about the relationship that you've got uh, with a dog doing a job for you. It's, it's, it's about the whole culture, the, the whole sure. tradition that goes with it.
1: You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx onyx maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today i use it all the time when i was in new mexico i was looking at forty thousand acres of ranch that i needed to learn i flip open onyx and just start studying studying the map when i'm riding trails i put the tracking app on it helps me get around in strange country i could mark water sources food sources bear sign just all kinds of options within onyx you need to check out onyx maps by going to houndsmanxp.com click on the link on our sponsor page you'll go right to onyx maps and when you check out enter the code hxp20 and you will get 20 percent off of your order know where you stand with onyx The Houndsman XP podcast only endorses products that we would use ourselves, and I do use Elite Nutrition supplements. Elite Nutrition offers supplements for your horses, your mules, your dogs, and even you. These all-natural products work with your dog's natural immune system and its normal natural body function, not to treat symptoms, but to fix problems. Stop pumping pharmaceutical toxins into yourself or your dogs and start using these all-natural products that work with the perfect system that God gave you. Go to TryEliteNutrition.com and check out their products for wound care, prebiotic, probiotic, puppy stuff. It's all there. Parasite control. If you expect extreme performance, you need Elite Nutrition. Uh, and and i see a lot of that um I, my experience has been the people that just want to be involved in hunting usually um don't last very long as houndsmen they they think they want to be in hounds but once the new wears off of uh you know of taking game or killing game then then they realize that they've got the work to go with it and it's very they they just don't last you've got you've got to be sold out to understanding and trying to master so many things with a hound about training about behavior uh understanding dog behavior even and we de- as trainers, we're manipulating their behavior for our purposes. That's what we're doing, and and until we get to that point where we're we're trying to, uh, you know, I, I'm not just a guy that likes to, uh, I'm not just a guy that likes to go to the football game. I want to be in the game. Hey, you that's know, it, yeah. yeah, that's that's the and that's what it takes to be. To be a good, the best houndsmen I know are like that. Yeah. You know? well,
0: well, you know, and, and this is why I said, when I want to talk about the tradition, and a, a lot of people don't understand, hunting all over the world differs in different countries. Now, we, we, we look where the two breeds come from. We look where the Yorkshire comes from, the Deutsche Dratar, Kortsar, uh, and the Bavarian Scenthound. And you look at a traditional driven hunt, mm-hmm. and if you are a proficient houndsman and your dog works you will be invited to every single hunt that's there because people know your dog is going to f- function a lot of those people aren't the biggest hunters, but they want to work their dogs. They've got a passion for working their dogs and the dogs are serving a purpose. Right. On a driven hunt, normally what will happen, they will position people out here in a place. Often it's in snow, it's in thick bush, and then they'll release the little yacht terriers. Yeah. They'll go out and sniffle out the, the the boars and the hogs and chase them along and all the animals, and you'll hear the yacht terriers way down there <laughs> and you know something's coming. Yeah. You know, and then the, the hunt will take place and... You might have a bad shot. The houndsmen are all walking and working their dogs. The yacht are doing their own thing. They're just chasing the animals to the next town. a <laughs> mass mayhem and chaos. The houndsmen will come to you and say, did you wound anything? You know, and you say, yes, I, I'm not sure. The animal was over there. I might have had a bad shot. He'll go to what I call the crime scene. He'll analyze it. He might pick up some hair. He might pick up some blood. And he'll pick up some bone. And he takes a track. And off he goes. Mm-hmm. And this is the function of that. So it's totally two different functions that you're dealing with. And at the end of the day, you're relieved when he comes back and says, I found your deer or I found your, your, your boar lying there. Right. So this is, is the difference. And then in the evenings when everybody gets together, the dogs are all social. And everybody uh, that doesn't have GPS collars on there uh, is uh, getting phone calls from the next little town because all the little young have got their telephone numbers on their collars and people are phoning, them, I found your dog over here. It, it's a different culture. Right. You know, and, and it's a different purpose. And I think this is the ideal thing. And. If, you know, if, if we're going to Austria and you're going up into the mountains there, you'll find all the foresters and all the professional hunters that are there that are hunting hype in those altitudes, they've all got their dogs with them. You know, it, it's, it's a companionship. It's a relationship. Uh, it, it gets lonely at times. Doing a little uh, mic adjustment here. Okay. There we uh, go. Uh, it, get, it, it might get lonely at, t- at times. And just sharing that with your dog, you know, it's amazing mm-hmm. to see them work. You know, it, it, it's the same thing when you start looking at the retrievers uh, and and the guys right. doing waterfowl. You know, that's that's why he's involved with it. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's unfair to compare dogs. I've always said, you know, there's very few bad dogs. Uh, there's a lot of bad owners, right? Uh, and right. people are not suited to have one a of dog
1: the thing, One of the things that uh, uh, there are differences, and I'm guilty of of thinking that that oh, i'd like to i i've always wanted to try a and hunt with the yacht there i'm a houndsman mm-hmm. you know i've had mountain curves i've had i've had all this other stuff but i've found that the the yacht is uh something that he will trail. I've seen him trail. I've seen him, I've seen him work out some complicated trails that the hounds were bogged down on and watch him on the Garmin and see him swing out. And then the hounds go to him. Um, but they're just different, you know, and, and I want to, I feel like it's my responsibility to not put him in a situation where he's going to end up, you know, intentionally har- harming himself. Talk a little bit about the mentality of the Yacht Terrier because you, you were summing this up so well. I'm, I'm butchering it. Okay. So.
0: And I think this, this fit for purpose. A Yacht Terrier is a wonderful dog. And I mean, I've, I've met of the top breeders of Yacht Terriers in Germany and in Austria. Mm-hmm. We've imported them into South Africa. Right. Uh, and firstly, the, the, you as a Yacht Terrier owner, uh, you are remember you buying a loaded firearm. <laughs> and that is, uh, they have got a tremendous heart about, you know, we, we've got the Parsons, Jack Russells, we've got people that believe in them. Mm-hmm. I just believe that, you know, uh, you look at the little Paterdales from the UK, the Yacht Terrier is these dogs on steroids. You know, he's got an extremely high prey drive uh, and he doesn't realize his size. Yeah. And, the, 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 that's the, and he's going to fight everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a fearless... And what, what was his primary function? As I said, to find those animals and chase them on. And if they bathe them up, great. Uh, he was never really put out there to be a scent hound following on a trail on working alone. And a lot of people get it right, but once again, it's the amount of effort you're putting into your dog. We spoke about if you're going to sit on the couch all day, or you're going to work your dog. A lot of these dogs can be taught to do that, but it was never its primary focus. Right. Uh, they are very hard-headed. Um, they, you know, they need a lot of attention, and they've got an extremely amount uh, of prey drive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know... That's the thing. Are you going to keep it focused? That is not going to chase something else that it shouldn't be chasing, um, and yes. it's a very, very, very difficult. Uh, and I, I just say for an inexperienced guy, it's not the dog uh, that 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 you want.
1: Yeah, if if you think you're going to buy, uh, you know, get a dog and. Just turn him loose to run around the house and and let him out in the yard. If you live in if you live in a neighborhood, I promise you that is not going to work. He's not going to stay in your yard, um, and and he's just um, they're wired different. You know, I I I've had other dogs, you know, that just like crating, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you open the door the dog runs in there you have to you have to spend a couple weeks with a treat to get him in there well t- my yorg he will he will crate sometimes a lot of times he'll just run in the crate but he's turning around if you stop giving him if you stop rewarding that behavior the way he wants to be rewarded man he'll look at you and be like nah yeah. No, we're not going to do that. I got to hear that bag rustle a little bit of those treats, and then I'll get in there. And I know people will say, "Well, you're just not a good trainer." But I think it's something. And I'm, I'll admit, I'm not the best trainer. But I think there's something in that dog's mind that's wired different than my submissive golden retriever and my, you know, all these other those dogs know what they want. And it's our job to convince them that your way is better than what they're thinking. Because you can't beat it out of them. You can't. You can. you can't it, they are wired different.
0: Most definitely. And, and I think this is, you know, uh, and I speak from experience. Uh, you know, we, we, we've seen what they do when they get bored. And when they're not getting enough excise. So, <laughs> they you, take so, stuff <laughs> up
1: and they kill stuff. Well, they
0: well, 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 that's, so, so you can make enemies pretty quickly with your neighbors. <laughs> yes. Once again, is, it's got a purpose. And in our hunting environment in South Africa, there's, there's guys that have imported them. And I just smiled because from the beginning I said to them, guys, this dog is not going to work the way you want it. Your, right. your temperament and that dog is not going to get along. Uh, and we smiled, and a couple of months later, the dog's been given to somebody else. Uh, and it does the dog an injustice. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can get the top breeder. You can get the top. If you're not going to use it for its purpose, uh, you're going to be disappointed. Some guys are, 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 try and cross them to try and tone them down a little bit. That's not what they were intended for. Right. You know, and this is what I said is go and see how they are used, where they came from, and then you'll understand. And like I said, it's they are there to chase to to, to get everything moving uh and on those driven hunts, they essential, and they do a phenomenal job. And yeah, we try, and now we're trying to focus his brain to to calm down. Uh, and then, unfortunately, in Africa, uh we don't only have uh, the animals we deal with; we've got a lot of venomous snakes mm-hmm. uh, and things absolutely. like absolutely. And we. The sad thing is yacht terriers don't last long in our country because they get killed. You know, it's either snakes or an animal because he just thinks he can take it down. He's invincible, he's bulletproof, and that's one of the biggest challenges that we deal with.
1: A, a really easy example for maybe people to understand what, I'm, what we're talking about here. <clears throat> so uh, when... My wife thought, thinks that dogs need fluffy beds in their kennel kennel crates in order to be comfortable, and so i let her I let her go down that road with the yacht. Well, the problem is is when you uh, stop a behavior that or you interrupt a behavior that i mean this little dog he will hunt the mice in the kitchen. If you got a mouse in your kitchen, kitchen, he's going to be he's going to be flipping open doors and flipping, I mean, he will empty a cabinet on the floor to find the mouse because he thinks he smells a mouse in the back. And, and I mean, that's what kind of, yeah. and if you, you can either channel that energy outside chasing big game, or he's going to channel that energy in the house. And if you interrupt that before he's done and you put him in there on that fluffy bed and you leave him for 45 minutes, you're going to come back and it's going to be in a lot of pieces. That's, it's going to be scattered all over the place. Yeah. And my, my, my wife calls him the rug rat <laughs> and it's like that dog, but he can also, when you, when, when he's properly worked and when he's properly exercised he is believe it or not he's one of the, he's one of the most easy dogs i've ever had in the house he yeah. just comes in he knows where he's, he knows where his bed is he I can free range him in the house and interact with the other dogs and stuff he's he's fine but if i don't that's he is a terror
0: well this is and it's not it's not i think it comes down to a lot of these working dogs they need to work. And it's the same with that yacht. They need to burn that energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're extremely focused. And that's like I said, with that, we, 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 we see it. I mean, even with the Patadels, uh, it, it's, it's the same thing. That focus is there. You're not going to change it. Uh, so you need, they need the exercise. It's the same as I said with the Bavarians. If you don't have two hours a day to go out and take the effort and get them to burn the energy, then you're going to be sitting with problems. You're going right. to be sitting there, And yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, but this dog's not doing this or it's not functioning. Is It's not
1: fair. Uh, 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 I don't think... Uh the, the needs for that seem to be a little more extreme when you start talking about yogs or any of the terrier breeds and stuff like that. But that's not to say that, that our scent hounds, like our blue tick hound, should spend months in a kennel without ever getting out and being exercised. Okay. He'll be fine. That's not what we're saying at all here. Or your Labrador or your Golden Retriever or what. I mean, dogs need exercise. They need that interaction and stuff like that. So, you know, we should never, ever, uh, not be working with our dogs daily and and stuff like that for sure. So let's, let's get into a little more of the interesting stuff. Uh, that's kind of small talk, but, um, um, let's talk about Africa. Let's talk about you using these dogs in Africa. Um, I mean, you tracking lions, you tracking, you tracking Gimsbach? <laughs> what do you? What do you? I mean, what? What are you tracking? I can't imagine. <laughs> you're, you're a, you got a everyone. water buffalo or a a, a cape buffalo? Yeah. A cape buffalo that was was shot and he's wounded, and now it's like, yeah, Dreis. Uh, we shot a cape buffalo. Can you bring your Bavarian? Yeah. Do you do that? that? That's exactly what we do.
0: And then this is, you know. F- that's, for, 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 for,
1: that's a dangerous animal, well, especially
0: well, wounded. Well, well, all animals are dangerous, and, and this is the, the thing. It, it comes down, firstly, respect for nature and respect for all the animals. So, so we are trying to put it down as quickly as possible. Now you're sitting with a wounded animal. And with a Cape buffalo, for example, if, if we don't put it down, it can be administered to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we see how many unprovoked charges every year. Right. People killed by buffalo. Or flipping uh, over buffalo, land Rovers, over that. So, <laughs> So, yes, it's a choice, but well, once again, and this is where your trust with your dog comes in, mm-hmm. is I've got to be able to interpret the signs. I can already sense when my dog is sensing something is close by. Right. Uh, yes, be, be it from the smallest little antelope uh, right up Elephants and stuff, like we don't need the dogs. Or we're, not, we're not going to be using them. There's no need for that. Um, but with lion, they save your life. Mm-hmm. With buffalo, they save your life. Yeah, sure. With leopard, uh, most definitely. You know, and, and these are the type of things um, people don't understand is that, well, firstly, are our human skills adapted to such a level as to the prey that we are pursuing? No, they're not. We talk about fair chase. It's a nice word, but who who fair for who? (laughs) But when I've got my dog with me, it gives me the ability, firstly, to look after. My primary focus as a a professional guide is your safety. So uh, I can control the safety. The safety of your hunter. My hunter. Correct. So I can control the situation. I know my trackers are looking and my dog is looking. If something should happen, my dog's going to be the first one to let me know something's coming. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it just gives you that extra level of sec- security. You know something's going to be, be So
1: So it's very similar. What you're describing is very similar to being a police canine handler. Yeah. So when, when I would deploy with my dog, you know, I would have a team with me of people. And my job was to watch my dog, read my dog, and I could tell when we were getting close. Proximity yeah. alert. Maybe you know you get a you get a sin hook where a dog flips its head, and all of a sudden it's you know it's reading the wind, and you know that your your target's that direction, that's it. and you can communicate. It's like you know that's it. So you're same thing, same, same thing, thing that you're doing with with your dogs there.
0: Yeah, and you know, like I said, is you need to read your dog. One of my dogs. Uh, when when she starts jumping up and like almost onto her back paws, like you know, mm-hmm. like excited, you know, something's in front of you. Yeah, something's going to happen, you know. And straight away, you prepared, uh, and and the, the, it gives you just that extra two or three seconds that you need to deal with the situation. Sure. And th- this is why I said we all get older. I can't run anymore, you know. So I've got to rely on my dog. I love working with with my dog, and you know, the people that. Uh, the clients that are coming out and they're working with us and have worked with the dog at the end and they get the animal. The relief and the joy in their face knows he's successful and he's, he's going home. Uh, he's accomplished something, but he's had an experience that he would never have any before. Mm-hmm. And he looks at dogs in a different way. And our responsibility as houndsmen and, and working with our dogs that is also to educate and to show people, you know, the relationship, uh, we' all part of nature, we all fit in together, yeah, I think this is the the thing is why hunting with your dog is part of it it 's man 's best friend for a reason you mm-hmm. know? and it, it's it's such a critical part of my life and and uh it 's not going to change
1: it's not and a I, hobby it 's part of your lifestyle well it,
0: it's a lifestyle yeah you know and the, 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 this is just the things I earn my living full time from it uh, sure. and my big thing is uh, I realize I'm getting older, do I rely on my, a younger guy or my dog, my
1: mm-hmm. dog first. So, uh, tracking dogs, wildlife recovery dogs, recovery dogs, whatever you want to call them, they're, they're becoming very big every every year now. Especially with the whitetail crowd, uh, you know they 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 shoot a, a deer, they they can't track it, and now they're on Facebook and they're asking if anybody's got a tracking dog around. Since you do this for a living maybe you could speak to uh some do's and don'ts for our our blossoming tracking dog community here in the United States. You know, what are some do's and don'ts on tracking cuz I'm assuming that uh, you're still going to have some uh Sink contamination, track contamination, but typically what happens here is kind of like law enforcement. Really, um, you know, they call the dog after the after the police officers can't find the bad guy after they've already tromped okay. it all up. Um, they will, they will, and in the hunting world, it's like we've already called all our buddies and we've, we've, we've can't find blood. We were out there for seven hours and we looked for three days and, and you got a dog and come and find my deer. Yeah. The,
0: the, the difference that we sit with our environment is like, like I said, you guys hunting a lot of public land and mm-hmm. it's exactly that. You, you got everybody helping and trying to find the animal and you got all the contamination and, and, and the stuff that takes place from that little crime scene where it was last seen. Right. And So it makes it very difficult. Um, from the hunting culture where I come from is firstly is bow hunters do it very well but when it's not getting to the rifle is after the shot if you're not sure wait Mm -hmm. you know and I say say uh, I've got a a basic thing is 30 minutes or an hour if I'm not sure it's going to make sure that that animal is going to be close by Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate in the sense I don't have a lot of people that are rushing in Um, it's myself my guest and my trackers yeah, uh, I'm watching the reaction of the animal, so I can say, oh, you know, oh, we got a gut shot animal, or whatever. It's going to so, li-
1: so the tra- the shot goes off. Your hunter, your your guest shoots, and now your trackers go up and evaluate the after we, the we,
0: sight. We, What I do is we first wait. This is why I saw you with your hearing. I wear hearing protection the whole time, mm-hmm. and the most important thing for me is I set him up. I identify the animal. I'm watching the animal with my binos. I can see exactly. I would explain to him where it's, it's quartering on. It's quartering away. Um, it's a, a frontal chest shot. This is where you've got to aim. You see the little white dot. So we're communicating right. the whole time until he shoots. When that shot goes off, I see how the animal reacts. Uh, and I can more or less see where the shot went. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, you know, maybe it's a little bit far behind. It could be a high lung shot or it could be a gut shot. And then we wait. Okay. My trackers are not going to go ahead at, at anything. Firstly, I do it for two reasons. is We call it hunting your game time. I don't want the animals in the area to associate that shot with my people mm-hmm. or with rifles or anything like that. So that's the one thing. Then after, we go up to where we last saw it. Right. And that area gets marked. And straight away, before we do anything, I get my dog. My dog's with me.
1: Okay. So You take the dog dog with you.
0: The dog is with me 24 hours a day. He sits with me in the blind. He sits me on the trail. If we're walking, we're stalking, the dog is with me. And I think that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So you guys are being called out afterwards. Right. My dog is with me the -hmm. whole time. And that makes a big difference. So it's a different scenario and you can't compare. So you're
1: just putting... where a lot, a lot of times in the United States it's like a last resort call yeah. we I think the culture's changing though I yeah. think people are starting to understand the value of the dogs uh, and and they're starting to be more accepting of it you again it goes back to that that cultural ego I'm a human that's just a dog and and we all want to think that we're you know we're these great trackers and and we don't want to surrender to the dog no, yeah you know but but you're taking the dog in there right from the get-go you don't even approach that site where he was shot without the dog with you and then then you can make the decision so you're not dealing with all the rest of it and then that's
0: what makes a difference and that's makes your success so much higher oh my so, goodness
1: that's awesome
0: so your contamination and all that is and my track is the, the the first thing is they are watching the animal from the shot Mm -hmm. Uh, if we're stalking along and this is where where, you know your your control with your dog comes in why yacht terriers are a little bit difficult (laughs) because they smell that animal they start getting excited they start jumping up and down (laughs) they start start so it's a a little bit you can control them but with with my Bavarians they calm they collected Mm. I can put out the shooting sticks the hunter can clearly identify his animal and shoot it then we wait, and then I can move up from there. The dog's quite comfortable. He knows we're hunting. The moment I put that harness on, right. he knows we're in working mode. Mm-hmm. But he will be with me all along Gear the time. Gear association. Plan, you know? And that's what makes a difference. Mm-hmm. When I get there, is I have a look at the scene. Nobody's walked around there. Right. You know, and that's already, you know, normally it's the dog that shows me the first bit of blood. No, he shows me the first bit of hair. Yeah. And then from there, I can start working. And then I say to my trackers and I say to my guest, you stay behind me and let the trackers will stay on the track. Now, all the trackers are doing is just verifying is the dog might at that time, you know, you are got to learn to read your dog. Uh, the wind direction might change and he might veer off in a little riff. Then you come back and I say, well, now the last track is there, um, you know, and it's a team. And that's why our success is so big at the end. Yes, you do have your failures. I mean, it can start raining. There's a a lot of things that can happen. But the vast majority of the time, uh, so it's a different hunting environment, Mm -hmm. and you can't compare the two. In Europe, they're pretty much like you guys. As a hunter, you've got to be registered with a houndsman. Uh, so if you do have the situation, the dogs are called in afterwards, and the dogs are successful. Mm-hmm. Same in Denmark. For you to get your hunting license is you've got to be registered with a houndsman at the end of the day. So if you do wound an animal, that they will call. And- so,
1: okay. Let me, I want to make sure I you're saying that like, if I hold a hunting license – before i ever step into the field i've got to be registered with a houndsman that's going to come and help me assist on the recovery
0: if you live in a little town and you get issued your hunting license and to get your hunting license europe is a difficult uh, mm-hmm. process in any case uh, and in your area is it's compulsory that you register uh and you have the ability to get to a houndsman there is, Denmark will not, in certain areas, even allow you to get your life if you don't have that relationship. They've got to be brought in because you cannot leave that wounded animal out there. Yeah. So that's how important it is. And that's why I, these, these breeds have been developed to do that function.
1: The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights all of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at cajun lights they have three models of cap lights i'm going to run through them real quick you've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light if you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon you'll want the Rogaroo on your head next is the bayou that's a pretty standard light but it's got it packed with features It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's operated customer service. Check out Cajun lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com, go to our sponsors page, hit that link, it'll take you right to Cajun lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun lights. I've got a friend who's, uh, who does that job in in uh, Sweden yeah. and uh, Per England up there. He's been on the podcast. But even if they have an automobile that strike on wildlife world. up there, there's, an, there's a duty and an obligation to recover yeah. it. And that's his job. That's it. Same in Europe. And, yeah. you know,
0: and, and, and that's what I said. So, that, so each country differences. We don't have, have that requirement in our country. But for me personally, and in, my, in my life and in my business, I saw I cannot do it without my dogs. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm the guide, but without my trackers and my dogs. Uh, do you I,
1: track for other PHs over there?
0: For for the local hunters, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I mean, I do run my 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 own safari outfit, and most of the time I'm doing my own. Uh, but there's a lot of local hunters, and sure. uh, you know, strangely enough, uh, hunting is, is is not just a hobby; it, it, it's a lifestyle. So you go with, uh, and then I don't hunt. I hunt enough enough in the season, but I'll go with, and I'll, I'll be the the cook. Uh, or I'll go with with yeah. a, young, a a young hunter, um, and you know. When something goes wrong, then you're helping them. Right. So yes, I, I, I don't do it on a commercial basis. There are some people in South Africa mm-hmm. that do it on a commercial basis uh, that you can call. Um, but like I said, is, that, that's totally a different thing. My main focus is the hunting itself and my dogs are there to assist me to be successful. Uh, their main business is to get their dogs uh, at the end of the day and get called out and, and, and make that sure. service available.
1: Well, to wrap this up, your time's valuable you're you you did not come here to talk to me obviously but uh i appreciate you doing that do you have a particular memorable hunt with your dog's recovery or, or whatever um like to hear something about like a charging cape buffalo or a leopard or something <laughs> well,
0: it's your choice yeah <laughs> the, 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 the irony with this is you know is I, I, I like to proceed with caution. You know, I, I, I'm not one of those impulsive people that just runs into a situation mm-hmm. uh, and, and I always evaluate and assess and I'm creating scenarios when I'm busy hunting. You know, if something comes out of that bush, what am I going to do? And you're working with your dog, so your, your dog is with you the whole time. Uh, and strangely enough, you know, everybody's shot, you hear stories about Cape Buffalo and elephant and stuff. Uh, I had a guest who had wounded a common reed buck. Now, a common reed buck is pretty much the size of your, your, your white tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not a very big animal. And he had shot the front leg off. But it went into to extremely long grass, and um, I mean, it was elephant grass. We, we can't see each other, so it was in the grass. And you could already see the track it was on. Um, and for some reason for that day, I wasn't carrying my rifle, I carry a sidearm. Mm-hmm. And I'd wrapped the, the lead around my hand. And, you know, trying to try just keep it short the dog was on the track. Uh, we were we were on it. And everybody else was lost in the grass somewhere, you know, looking. For, and the next thing, the reed buck got out where it we had bedded down, and it charged me. Now, here's this little antelope with extremely sharp horns. And all I could do, I can't let my dog go. I had to grab it. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed it. I pushed his horns down, and the horns just... You grabbed the, in,
1: you grabbed the buck.
0: The buck's horns, yeah. <laughs> and the horn's... Just went literally underneath my scrotum on the one side, and on the other side, uh, and it looked like WWF wrestling. I was pinned down on the ground, holding the horns I was I like, know If I leave the horns, I'm gonna you leave. said
1: your scrotum,
0: right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Going they went through it almost just just Ooh. underneath and through the femoral artery on the, on the, on the oh, one yeah. side. yeah, so absolutely. Were, so I, I I knew if I let these horns go, I, I'm in a sticky situation. Right my trackers and skinners couldn't see me because we in the, in the in the long grass and this is all happening and the movement there and I was shouting at them to come there. Uh, all my dog done, it just, grab the reed buck by the throat and just hang on to it and if it wasn't for my dog i couldn't let my dog go
1: yeah
0: uh, so he was also being kicked and th- thrown around and mm-hmm. i mean this is a got a, a 90 pound little animal mm-hmm. uh throwing you around and all you lying doing in the ground and just holding on right. And like i said there's, there's my dog grabbed by the throat and you know he brought it down at the end of the day by the time the trackers and the skinners had gone there we'd solved the problem yeah. but if it wasn't for my dog I, that would be one of those uh sad stories it's okay you know if a guide is killed by a buffalo but when you start getting saying you know, a guide killed by a reed bucket you know, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's a, a something that i'll never forget but yeah it's uh, a part of my life and i just love my dogs
1: you know it's it's being uh i, I i'm not going to say that you were complacent but it's easy for us to you know you just don't think about White tail attacking a person, yeah. or a reed buck attacking a person. You're yeah. you're worried about the grizzly, or you're worried about and and those are the things when you when you're not you know they can kill you too. Yeah, for sure.
0: It goes it goes about respect. You lose respect for nature, it hurts you.
1: Exactly. Uh, well, Dryce, I really appreciate you taking time. I know that as a president of, uh, the Professional Hunters Association of South Africa, then, you know, you're, you're busy and, uh, extremely honored to have you take time to sit down and talk to our audience and, and, uh. Do you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to tell the, the listeners here in the United States? Well, actually, we have some people in South Africa that listen to this podcast. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, like I said, it, it's been an honor and a privilege. Firstly, like I said, you know, to be able to uh, have a chat with you, really appreciate. And like I said, we never stop learning. Uh, every opportunity that I get to learn about another breed, another way of doing things, I utilize it. And I think that's the, the big thing is uh, do your homework do your research and keep learning right
1: right well thank you very much and uh, that'll wrap it up th- for this episode of the houndsman xp podcast everybody uh make sure you're checking out our youtube channel we've got Dries over there talking more in depth about the uh about fasa which is a professional hunting hunters association of south africa um, we talk about some other stuff there um Make sure you're supporting Houndsman XP on through our website, following us on all our social media stuff, and uh, we've got a store out there, and I'm not trying to sell you a sweatshirt. I'm not doing a podcast so I can sell you a sweatshirt. I need you to buy your sweatshirt so I can f- come and interview interesting people like Dreis, and take that message to places like the Safari Club International na- uh, Convention, and um yeah, just keep telling the story. So you can check that out at com. And until next time, this is Fair Chase.